the Podjectivity Network. Turn the knob. Too low. Too low. Leah Thomas. What? Are you serious? How do I look? How do I look? That's better. Good, good. I mean... I don't want to be too hot over You're here. way up on there, but... Because I tend to get exercised about things. So I don't want to... We'll just leave it like that. Okay. Yeah. First, though, I was listening to Radio Lab again. And I think one of the first episodes that I sent you guys way, way back in the day was um, the football episode mm-hmm. on the origins of football. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Negative. The school in Ohio where the... Thanks for sending it, but sorry, I don't remember. This was years ago now. Where the Native Americans were... Uh, mm-hmm. molded into a football team. Yes. They came from nothing. They had nothing. They had no prospects. We're talking like Jim Thorpe days? Yeah, like uh, 1890s or something like that. This, uh, yeah, school in Ohio. Yeah. It, there was a coach there that put this team together, mm-hmm. and they beat Harvard, and they beat Yale, and they beat, 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 beat. Okay, I have something to say about that. The white powers of the day? Yeah, this ragtag... Air quotes, group. Bad News Bears, Native American style. And uh, they, they uh, uh, what's the word? Revolutionized the game with the forward pass. And the, the Yaleys. You're, the... you're getting ahead of this a little bit. Okay, that was the, the template. There's the template. Yeah, because. Hashtag photographic memory. Yeah, it, maybe. Because, okay, one of, I was playing this episode for my kids. And one of the things that jumped out at me was. First of all, it's the, one of the best episodes, I think. It's so, so good. And they went to a, they put out a call to people, um, some of their listeners, whoever wanted to come last minute, let's gather in the park and recorded them chanting different things to make them sound like a football crowd so that when they recreated mm. the people playing on the field, they had these live recorded chanting sounds from their current listeners just to recreate it's a cool idea if i could pause dan if you were on the spot and you had to just shout something into the empty park that sounded football like what's your phrase oh geez uh i i don't know uh i don't know all right it's fine i, okay. I put you on I the spot okay. <sighs> it's like my crowd noise <sighs> it was the carlisle indian school yeah so I played this for my kids and the thing that she, so the woman who was the uh, documenting the history of this has written a book. I'm not sure what the name of the book is, but I'm sure we could look it up. Mm-hmm. And initially the reason why, so once they had built up this native American team and they had played, I think it was Yale actually, that was the first big game. And they were like, do these kids even have a chance playing against this Ivy League school? No, they don't even have a chance. But they were going to win, 
And then one of the referees made a bad call because he was like a Yale guy. And the crowd fucking erupted in the um, injustice of it. They were outraged. And so from that point on, the coach of the Native Americans started getting creative. And for instance, one of the receivers at one point in subsequent seasons, like would run out of bounds around the bench, then back on the field to receive a pass. That's illegal. Now. It wasn't illegal though. <laughs> and after they did that, then they'd come and like the next year there would be a rule on the books because the question posed to the coaches, isn't that illegal? And the coach would say, it doesn't say it's, it's not in the rule book that you can't do it. So there's no rule against it. And so then the funniest parts were they would sew leather patches on their sweaters that look like footballs mm. so that no one on the other team could tell who had the ball because everyone looked like they had the ball because it was sewn on their sweater. <laughs> camo, like football camo. They also sewed game. pouches inside their sweater so they would hide the ball inside their sweater and like it wouldn't be visible to the other team. Things like this. They would... <laughs> basically cheat until it became a law or a rule on the books that they, they couldn't helped write the rule book with all of their devious with all of schemes. the cheating yeah however one of the things that she mentioned was in Br- in england this version of the sport they didn't have a rule book it was just gentlemanly people just played because they just accepted that everyone was going to be playing by the same rules and it made me think of the Constitution and how the beginnings of things was probably like those British players who just assumed everyone was going to play by the rules and be like gentlemanly. And can't we all agree that running out of bounds and then back on the field is obviously in violation of the spirit of the game? And so Americans, though, and like the coach that was trying to Americanize the Native Americans was like, let's just see what we can do to win. And You get on your knees and bark like a dog for distraction and see what happens. Let's just see what we can do to win. And then, because sports is concerned about um, an equal playing field and sportsmanship and uh, being fair... They started making rule books and they started crafting the game so that everyone can enjoy it because there's rules. So I was thinking about that in terms of government Hmm. and how if the founders had that British mentality, not sort of building in to the way things are done that um, eventually people are going to be breaking rules left and right violating all kinds of rights, gerrymandering to get what they want, placing people they want on the Supreme Court, cheating their way to the top to win. How could they have possibly accounted for that? And I don't necessarily think that the rule book is being rewritten quickly enough to accommodate for all the things that are being broken. It's like the ties, as you would say, are cheating left and right, but the rule book isn't being updated quick, quickly enough to accommodate for all the things that they're violating. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. 
What do you think? This is probably not a great analogy, but one thing that it made me think, the first thing that came to mind, so I can just give you at least something here, is I've watched pro basketball for a long time. Yeah. And I remember people complaining when I was a kid about, oh my God, that's a travel. That move that he just did. Mm -hmm. We've never seen that before. And sometimes it was just somebody being creative with their pivot foot and Mm -hmm. like... (laughs) You know, doing something that wasn't maybe technically a travel, but just like, well, that's got to be, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, the NBA is a little looser in the way that they call carrying or don't call carrying or traveling. They just, there's a little wiggle room for expression and players keep innovating and pushing it a little bit. Like, is this illegal? Mm -hmm. What if I take a little extra step after I'm out of steps, but it's so quick. And this is this little hop that, you know, you're not going to call it. And it'll be all the rage amongst the, you know, young kids who are like, oh, did you see that movie? Totally broke his ankles or whatever. And it'll look cool and they'll get away with it. And you're like, if you've watched the game for a long time, you're like, hey, wait, wait a minute. What about the the old rules there that said you couldn't do that? Yeah. Not, and yeah. And I feel like part of what, makes sports so fun to watch is that you do feel like there's a relatively equal playing field, right? Like these are the best of the best and they've all, they all have agreed to play by certain rules and for the most part they do, right? It's like a contained system. The integrity line is, you know, there's a lot of variation, you know, like there's, you hear stories about, about tackles in football who like Sue was that guy's last name, right, Dan? Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue was a controversial figure in part because tell me if I'm kind of remembering this right, Dan, but mm-hmm. he Oh, I will. It's a it's a it's a physical game, obviously, right? But he was the kind of guy that would go the extra step and like do the stepping like, on people's necks and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did one of those. He stepped on somebody's chest or Yeah. There's a number of these incidents on his any of resume. these kind of just when there's a huddle just fucking, you know, sticking it to somebody somehow where the cameras can't see you and that's like I would argue sort of human nature on some level, survival of the fittest and the constitution in some ways overestimated man's goodness in relation to his ruthlessness you know that i would argue it's because they came from that british philosophy of like we're we're all on the same playing field here aren't we gentlemen they were like they were like the most decent civilized people (laughs) in the world but also the at simultaneously the most ruthless too in the way that they colonize people and you know you look at british history it's full of all sorts of Mm. horrors like any other empire Right. And yet their sports didn't need. Good Lord. The rule book. The reason why I brought amongst that up. Amongst themselves. The reason why I brought that up. Right. Amongst themselves is because it felt to me a little bit of like uh, a bridge between parties of government cheating to get their way just to get what they wanted without necessarily playing by the rules. And. The question of equal playing 
field in sports and the trans thing that's come up and like what's a level playing field mean so that's why i thought it kind of reached both of those it touched both of them that is a broad set (laughs) of (laughs) concepts uh wow where to where to begin um you are clearly still feeling like this Dobbs decision was the result of a bunch of chicanery and bending the rules, breaking the rules, cheating, uh, straight up cheating. Getting the, the Supreme Court justice on. Yes, I think they stole a seat from Obama initially. So that's one instance. Okay. I can't say how much of the rest of it was. And I like remember this stuff. Like I remember that he was yeah. at the end of his term, or it was after the election. It was late. It was yeah. It was late. Just some of the other they stuff. Stalled. Gerrymandering is a problem, and you know, sectioning off. We don't have to talk about politics, though. I think. Um, You're saying like the what is the level playing field? If nobody's really abiding by the rules, are they rewriting the rules in the case of a corporation is a person, whatever that disaster is called, where basically the funneling of money from between corporations and political candidates is, you know, it's it's open season. It's free game. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's unmonitored, unregulated, just uh, so that's. Yeah, politics we see as corrupt, and we see examples to support this assumption, one after the other, the past however many years. Uh, so how does this relate to sports in relation to gender identity? Like, the games have rules, and the games have had traditionally the men's league and the women's league, and people have doped. There have been doping scandals in the Olympics, right? Examples of people like fucking breaking the rules to get the gold, being greedy. Uh, but so true. But when uh, but what we haven't had in the past, at least on an Olympic level, is someone who was born a man and then goes through a transformation and wants to compete against women in a man's body. Essentially, I know that's maybe a crude way of expressing it, but like then all of a sudden that throws the balance of a level playing field out of whack in a way that, what do you do about that? Yeah. I mean, it raises a lot of questions about, because, you know, my opinion would be the swimmer. What's her name, Dan? Leah. Leah Thomas. That yeah, that was kind of in the news a couple of months ago, and then in the news again because she was nominated, I think, for Swimmer of the Year or something, or Woman believe, of the Year. I believe Leah Thomas was named the NCAA Female Athlete of the Year. Right. So. And. Uh, by golly, I'm holding a smartphone. I'm just gonna check that real quick. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can find this because I did write down my thoughts. Um. Okay. I think it is she definitely has an advantage, a physical advantage. It's definitely not fair for her to be competing against other f- female swimmers. But 
um, how do things get resorted now? If trans women are going to be competing with uh, cisgender women, that puts cisgender women at a disadvantage. So mm-hmm. it's either their rights or trans women athlete rights that get pushed to the top. Like, or we just make new categories of mm-hmm. maybe there's like an open, there's like female, male, and then open. Just open. like uh, car racing or tractor pulling. Open swim. <laughs> there's classes. And then at the end, there's open. For like just a lawless free for all. Chris, as you know, the sport of tractor pulling. <laughs> I don't no, know. That I'm or by height and weight, I guess. There you go. Height and weight. Perhaps. Weight, weight classes in combat sports, I know, is really important. I don't yeah, know how it go. affects or plays uh, out in podcast over. You fixed it, but you know, not not in swimming. They don't do. They don't discriminate against body size in swimming, do they? Really? There's no, you know, weight classes in in that. No. They all have the same kind of body type. It seems like. And well, I I pulled this up that basically said it was talking about runners, but it Mm. says men are on average faster than women when it comes to sprinting and marathoning. This is largely because of their generally bigger hearts, which can deliver more fresh oxygen to the body and love more and Mm. to bigger common misconception and to bigger stores of the sex hormone testosterone, which can make muscles bulkier and stronger. Men are also able to store more, more glycogen in their muscles than women. So much glycogen. Which oh is like God. a quick release fuel for speed. When glycogen. it comes to the long distance races, the numbers are a little different because they were analyzing that women did a little better in long distance, mm-hmm. but men were better at short distance. So there's, I mean, there's definitely physiological differences, mm-hmm. but when you factor because you have to factor in the hormone replace, the hormone therapies that are happening changes the body. Mm-hmm. But... The arguments that I've read in the brief things that I've read is that um, once you've gone through puberty as a man, as a male, mm-hmm. there's some things that can't be undone. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've already started to benefit from, for instance, the testosterone and your muscle mass or, you know, your ability to store glycogens and. <laughs> You know, the, that stuff is in place. Your physical ad- advantage is... That's yeah. just your glycogenic opinion over the home. <laughs> I mean, I would say, too, yeah. the, the numbers probably will indicate whether there's an advantage or not. I think she's she was like a couple hundred down in the men's, like third 300th. And then women, she's like number one or number two. or Yeah. So... And you can Google some pictures right if you i think if you just google leah thomas and hit images you will get a number of photos of the the metal stand or the after it's all over and muscular arms raised in the air leah thomas is first and there's this dejected woman next to her who's a foot shorter who's like well silver is pretty good (laughs) Uh, so google says leah thomas was nominated for the 2022 NCAA Woman of the Year Award by the University of Pennsylvania. In March, Thomas became the first transgender NCAA 
champion in Division One history. So that's why it got back in the news. Mm. I I thought maybe she just won it, but just a nomination as of a few days ago. But she was allowed to compete in college and became a national champion. They have a board to review mm-hmm. her hormone levels for situations like this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but the but the muscles yeah. are the musculature and all the physical stuff is there's a the size of the heart, the, you know, the things that you mentioned hormones don't change that, right? None, none of us are I'm gonna biochemists. I'm going to say no. I'm not no. a I'm yeah. not a a doctor and I don't know a whole lot about it, but looking at the numbers and her success, you would think there's a difference there. There's a clear difference between the men's when she was swimming in the men's division and when she's swimming mm-hmm. in the women's division and Yes. It's <laughs> I mean, I guess that South Park episode clip that you sent is an, Ooh, ex- yeah. an extreme example. I'm going to beat these women. Yeah. <laughs> Fair and square. Yeah. But I don't know what to do. I don't want to talk about my transition with you right now. Yeah. What are they going to do about it, though? This is clearly unfair. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. Even with trans rights being extremely important and women's rights being extremely important and how far women have... They've had to fight so hard to even be recognized as like sports athletes and like they've it's been a long journey and now (laughs) it's messed up a little bit to to think that it has to be one or the other is there a chance you know the story of the first woman who ran in the boston marathon do you Lori told me about it yeah let's hear it she had to sneak in like women weren't allowed and she you know Concealed her hair and I was gonna and, say fake mustache or and mailed herself up to look male. And the this old is on the bosom. And here, man, this fucking podcast we do so unchecked. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's the <laughs> the story of the first woman who ran in the Boston Marathon in the sixties. Mm. And now, of course, that's asinine. And now, a hundred thousands of women run just like thousands of men do. Mm-hmm. But that's there's your trailblazer. That woman was so. Whoops, I said woman. That woman was so fucking sick of not being able to do it that she disguised herself and got in there. And then she was discovered during the race. Oh, really? And race officials or other runners were like, hey, there's a woman in here. Oh, like, they're oh not allowed. God, are you kidding? I let these black guys onto the basketball court. I got- <laughs> we had next. <laughs> We've been waiting for next for two years. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, sometimes you have to Google stuff. Catherine Virginia Switzer, right out of Wikipedia, born in 1947, is an American marathon runner, author, and television commentator. In 1967, she became the first woman to run in the Boston Marathon as an officially registered competitor. During her run, race manager Jack Semple... His name was Jack. Assaulted Switzer, trying to grab her bib number and thereby remove her from official competition. After knocking down Switzer's trainer and fellow runner, Arnie Briggs, when he tried to protect her, Semple was shoved to the ground by Switzer's boyfriend, Thomas Miller. Nice work, Thomas. Who was running with her, and she completed the race. The AAU... The AAU banned women... I don't know what that is. 
from competing in races against men as a result of her run. And it was not until 1972 that the Boston Marathon established an official women's race. So, listeners, like usual, what I was saying rhymed with history, <laughs> but it wasn't verbatim. <laughs> I was, I was, I was adjacent. I was close. 1972. I mean, so yeah, we she were, broke in in 67. That's, that's kind of in our lifetime. And I thought, you know, God, that's what memory does to you. I thought she disguised herself and all that, but maybe, maybe not. But that's the point, though, is that women weren't even allowed. And then she entered, and of course, there had to be some a hole that was like, hey, no women. And <laughs> it took five years for the event to uh, you know, finally enshrine or make official that women could compete. So, yes. One point that comes to mind is that the guy who tore her bib off wasn't the guy who was in the leader. He wasn't like the leader of the pack. Or, yeah, know, he had to be running back with her. He was... And, you know, that's a hard thing to acknowledge. Like, one of the weird things about physical competition is that gender identity you is so fluid. But in physical competition, you either get punched in the face... Or you dodge it and counterpunch somebody and land it. And like the sanctity of like part of what made the Olympics so great was like, all right, we may be fighting over all of these resources outside of these games and at each mm. other's throats. Our nations are at war. and Yeah. But we all like sports. And there's going to be some goodwill here. And, you know, a lot of people are going to have sex with each other in the Olympic Village. You ever heard about that? There's a lot of Olympic level fucking happening in those yes. places. Yes. Uh I get off track, but worthy no. side note. Uh and and so anyway, <laughs> the ultimate- sport has become this is politicized sport in a way that it's not it's compromising it a little bit. You know, it's supposed to be simple in a way like what you watch to fucking relax. Yes. Not solve the world's problems. Mm, well, that's a different, that's a different conversation. I've heard that conversation about sports before, mm, probably on this podcast. It's similar though, yeah. That this gender thing that we're all dealing with has worked its way into sports, and I'm one of those sports fans that's like, God damn it, I just wanted to watch sports today. I just, I didn't want to be confronted with social issues. I just wanted to watch the game. So are you cool with with like, no sound and a record playing, so I don't have to listen to the ads? Are you cool with seeing a trans woman and, win every swim meet and be like, "Well, at least I still get to watch swimming"? Or okay, I, I don't I, think I use this very often. You're not watching swimming, but I don't think I use this one very often. But Chris, what do you think? <laughs> I'm trying to think of any example. Absolutely not. That would interrupt your. Uh, you you're not a fan. No, and and into the the politics. You know, we didn't want to sidetrack it too much, but same with all the kneeling stuff. Like, as soon as that happened, they started covering who knelt and who didn't. And I'm just like, that's it. I can't have the sound on. Uh, I came to watch a game, and now we're we're going to settle the red tie, blue tie, who knelt and who loves America and who doesn't. I just want to watch the game. I just want to see who wins today. I hear you. Let's flip this scenario. How upsetting do you think it would be if some someone who was born woman and and becomes a man uh and you know it's not had the physical advantages that we discussed like 
What if Aaron Rodgers lost his job to a trans quarterback who uh-huh. was physically a woman? Like, wh- how would the NFL world would they be able to wrap their mind around that? Even if she was literally outperforming everyone else in the league, and don't you blaspheme in here? Don't you blaspheme in here? <laughs> Blues Brothers. Uh, I can't imagine it happening. I'm trying to imagine a right. woman strong, big. You're anti-woman. I, although there are women rugby players probably that could hold their own in the NFL. Maybe not as a quarterback though. I'm not sure. Mm. Would an entire NFL team be led by a female quarterback? She'd have to be so great. Who transitioned to a man. So technically it would be a male quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. That was born. But I think we've got a ways to go there. It's a long journey to that road. The, the NFL. No, it's just the example that's on the table. But let me. Let it's me just be a thought experiment. Please uh, share all your yeah, thoughts. because it's, it's a good thought experiment. Yeah. Uh, the NFL is. is a exceedingly violent game. Uh, men. We, we covered briefly there the differences between men and women's physiologies. And uh, men get hurt every Sunday. Men get carried off every Sunday. Six foot seven, 340 pound men against six foot four, 268 pound men. And men who, those are linemen, linebacker size people. But like a Marshawn Lynch or even some of these guys that combine size and strength uh-huh. and speed all together. Like it's, yeah, it's of course it's And the, the speed, the, the almost unnatural speed that many football players have. They're giving uh, each other brain damage and it's been measured and they're, yeah, there's that too. Highly unlikely. Just, uh, just highly unlikely. And those are men you don't uh, very rarely do. It's happening a little bit more now. But, uh, you know, in the NBA, we're always arguing about why can't kids come right out of high school and play in the NBA? And there's an argument to be had about that. There's reasons. Uh, and in, uh, in baseball, Major League Baseball, very young players occasionally break through when they're just so touched by God. But even then, it takes thousands and thousands of reps to make it to the big leagues. And to consistently perform at that level. And your body has to grow to its full fucking strength still. Yeah. and But football, more than all the other sports, really. In hockey, I think young players jump into hockey and succeed. Hockey's a different animal. It's how fast can you skate? How... Uh, well, I'm Hockey ignorance all over the place, listeners, <laughs> obviously. But... It's not about just brute strength or raw speed either. Hockey's a kind of a magical bunch of skills, and young players do break through in hockey. But in football, you're 21 or 22 when you come into the league. Like you, they don't, very rarely do players come out of college early and play in the NFL. Uh, because you got to have re- your man body. Because they're not ready. They're not ready physically. And it's maybe even mentally on some level, too. That's a big jump psychologically when you get in an yeah. arena where all of a sudden everybody's 
not only as big and fast as you, but bigger and faster. At the risk of turning this into a love letter to the NFL, you know, that's why there's a couple hundred college teams that that seed the league with talent of 32 teams, and that's it. And there's lower levels of football, but all of those players, it's just a, a succession of getting weeded out and only the elite football players make it to the NFL. There's only so many of them that can do it. So all of that rambling was to address the idea of what if a female transitioned to male and then led a football team? Could happen. Or That's just a hell of a Disney movie. But. Or just leading any men's squad mm-hmm. in anything. Just could the hierarchy, the social sort of, we're not in part like. Uh, mm. Greg Popovich is. We've talked about him before. He and Steve Kerr being two of the more progressive guys, coaches, and not just basketball, but pro sports. And Popovich, I want to say, hired at least an assistant, female assistant coach, Becky Hammonds. Yeah, yeah, head coach for a for a men's team. And that's the step, right? She but, sat behind will the she bench ever be a for head a coach? couple years. Yeah, like sports hasn't really caught up culturally to a corporate setting where like it's not that uncommon for a man to have a female boss in a lot of different industries, in a lot of different places. But the team, kind of like the military a little bit too, they've integrated probably a little better than sports has, but it's a boys club, you know. The, there's a, and there's, it's, it's the NFL, these leagues are powerful. You know, I think unless it's defined as co-ed, the assumption in sports is that boys and girls are going to be separated. And then that's part of how becoming a man or a boy becomes part of a psychological event. Kind of like what you were talking about earlier today, Andy, before we put microphones on, which was gender... Like a trans woman feels like a woman. Her body might indicate that she's a man, but it's not like a doctor is listening to her heartbeat going, you're a woman. Start making some changes. It's her felt sense. It's her psychology. It's her feeling. It's her soul. It's her inner world informing. I'm a woman, but her biology and her physiology is indicating it's male. But it sounds like sports is still categorizing based on physiology up until this event that like came to my attention because you sent the text of like if they were basing it solely on physiology, this trans athlete would not be competing with women because her physiology is different. She would not be allowed to compete with women. So it just makes me wonder, is all of that going to be broken down now? I think it's possible that there will be corrections made for this because it is problematic, but it's still so new that perhaps the NCAA, like a lot of other people, 
is just erring on the side of not offending, you know, liberal-minded people that, you know, they're, they're being uh, a little too perhaps lenient or loose with definitions in, in this context because, you know, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. You don't want to stick your neck out right now and uh, be canceled, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Cancel yourself. Hmm. Obviously, no one becomes their other the other gender lightly they don't do it to compete on a women's swim team that's not why she's not like choosing this it chooses you when you know it just it just is who you are but there is the question of what's the right thing to do in on the playing field in the sport what what is the right thing to do it's not this i don't think and do entire sports and sports leagues have to just change for this tiny fraction of humanity that goes through this how much is do all be- systems have to change for a couple people? At the cost of breaking women's records that were in female bodies competing mm. against other physiologically inferior to men. <laughs> Becky Hammond is currently Didn't the head you coach enjoyed of the WNBA's <laughs> Las Vegas No resentment at all. <laughs> she spent the previous eight years as a San Antonio Spurs assistant, first behind the bench because Pop, all NBA coaches, but Pop had an army of assistants, some seated right at his right hand, uh, and then a few behind the bench. But at the end of her tenure, she was a front row. She was a front row coach, which led me to believe that she was going to be an NBA coach next because you sit at Pop's right hand. That's That's the ticket. You're you're next. Um, but she took a job in the WNBA, and that is where she is today. So put a bow on that. I think I I think accepting a female coach in the NBA is doable mm-hmm. for sure. And that would ha- the 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 hard part would be locker room, locker room stuff. Yep. But in terms of like running drills, motivating people, I don't think that would be a problem for most well, players. Maybe depending on the maturity level of the player, mm-hmm. but. I've seen sports make people really petty a lot. And We've there's a lot of this, fragile certainly. egos. And if you have to discipline players in practice and you've got a, you know, riled up, young, egomaniac, macho dude that you're trying to encourage to hustle a bit more or whatever else, I don't know if if that works in the same way Who that... Who are you picturing? I'm picturing like MMA fighters, like... Uh, Ronda Rousey Rousey like that kind of energy where it would be like you're not gonna fuck with her if she's blowing the whistle you're gonna do Mm. what she says you know what I mean like Mm. I I don't think it would take I think it would take a special kind of woman to do it right but I think it could be done if any locker room it could I'm just saying there might be some pushback there and there's pushback anyway Mm. look Charles Spreewell Almost choked PJ Carlissimo to death in practice. Well, not to death, but he choked him. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it's. I made news. Well, I think she could take it, though. Right. So right. if she'd gotten up to the NBA, she would have tough. no problem with it. She's tough. If there's a locker room that could uh, comport itself properly with a woman in the room, mm-hmm. it'd be Pops or it'd be Pops Steve Kerr's. 
And because you won't last if you don't have the class, if you don't have the maturity mm-hmm. to comport yourself. I'm going to keep using that <laughs> properly. Mm-hmm. Well, then you don't belong here. Right. That's one of the wonderful things about pop. I don't always agree with pop, but as a coach and as a leader, I've, he's unquestionably unquestionable. Yeah. So when she when she started showing when I noticed her on the bench and started thinking about it when I was confronted with a woman oh my god on an NBA bench oh my gosh. you wanted to tear the number right off of her oh my god yeah I ran up and I tore the number off her bib uh, <laughs> her bib uh, but I of course I had to think about it and I thought what a great idea that. I mean, besides breaking all these barriers and all that sort of thing and this opportunity that he was giving her. And, uh, you know, she had to be up to the challenge, too. I mean, she was a coach for eight years. She had to, she had to be up to his standards. And, and if you're up to pop standards, well, you know, I'd like yeah. to hear anybody argue with that. But I thought, that's a really smooth idea by pop, is that he's going to bring in a coach to work with these guys who doesn't play above the rim. He's uh-huh. this coach can teach these guys the finer points of playing below the rim. Mm-hmm. Footwork, where to be, the mental game. You know, I thought, what a, of course, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. You brilliant guy, like that's a really good idea. A different, a totally different perspective on basketball. No less effective, part of the game, just not what we think about though. This has come up before. This came up uh, some years ago. Uh, here we go, without a phone this time. John McEnroe goes on some show and says, if Serena Williams played against men, like she'd get destroyed. Ooh. She's the number one player, hands down, domination. Yeah. This is some years ago. I think the, both Williams, I think, are getting a little up there in years and are starting to bow out of tournaments. But anyway, he went on some show. And said that. Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of blowback and a bunch of firestorm about it. And I think Serena Williams herself had to get in front of a microphone and say, yeah, if I played against uh, Nadal, Bjorn Borg or, or uh, yeah. you know, I'm dating myself. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I played against Bjorn Borg. Nicola, say their names I so I don't have to. Federer. Roger Nadal. Federer. There you go. Any of Rafael the, Nadal. Who was the really big ones? Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras. Back get, in the she, day. Annihilated. She'd get annihilated by a, a male tennis player. Djokovic. And is that is that some sort of uh, slam or something? No. It's Why? just the dude they is... They play at a different speed. I the dudes have thicker muscles and more bigger hearts and more uh, g- g- testicles. I looked this up. The female <laughs> fastest pitch. 200% more testicles than most women. Fasted fe- fastest Almost none of these women have testicles. Fastest female pitch. Guinness Book of World Records. Guess. 73 miles an hour. 69. Is that an overhand or a softball? I think it's overhand. Male. Guess what? 105. 105. Oh, mm. boom. I nailed it. Yeah, nice. so like in tennis, they serve at over 100 miles an hour, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Ma- men do. Is, uh, not to, well, is there, you went over a few stats about. Just a few, like and, five minutes. And you went over the physiology a little bit. Like a little. I was Men, curious. a little more quick twitch, just quicker reaction, quicker. You know who else was, well. Is, I, that, is that a thing? I would guess it is. Glycogenical storage as well. The glycogenological <laughs> view of this, yeah. Um, <laughs> reacting to a serve that's coming at you at 140 or whatever that you said it was. 
the uh, tennis the player cells. Martina Navratilova yes. was against, spoke out against mm. this swimmer. Yeah. And she took a bunch of shit. But did Billie Jean King speak out against her? Which probably not. Oh, you're gonna get me going on this now. God damn you, Philadelphia freedom. That, yeah, that. We talked about this during the trans episode months ago. Uh-huh. That like, who the fuck are you people? This is Martina Navratilova. She's a pioneer. She's an out lesbian professional athlete. Has been for years before it was cool. Yeah. When it when when you didn't get praised for it when you were an oddity and she was bravely and proudly this is who I am and fuck y'all right and for her to have a take on this whole thing and then get dragged on twitter i'm i'm done i'm i'm done with you if that's well i feel like any athlete is basically like yeah it's clearly not fair like th- it's not even a question uh, it's clearly unfair, okay. but this is what was decided, so now what? Okay, well, we have no choice but to take a look at the, <clears throat> at the trans movement writ large, if you will. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm sorry. Side note. May I, may, before you get rolling, <laughs> yeah. Anazan. Writ large. We're talking about an NCAA tournament championship in women's swimming, which is... A pretty obscure market. Not anymore. Well, people aren't going to start giving a fuck the, about swimming. The, the point is valid. Other other than the Olympics once in a while. More people follow Aaron Rodgers on Twitter than Leah Thomas or any yeah. other female college swimmer. So really, like, it feels to me like this almost doesn't become a real issue until women's sports are better supported and are of, are of more consequence. You know what I mean? That's why I tried to, I think, pose the analogy of like, what would be really upsetting is if a woman who transitioned to a man could threaten the man's place. In upsetting the, culturally. Upsetting culturally. Okay, not to you personally. No, not to me personally. Yeah. yeah. Just you. culturally, that would be upsetting because... There's millions of people invested in this, and it's, you know, it's the most compelling product on some level, perhaps, because alley-oops. You know, there it's a more dynamic game if we're talking about basketball, for instance. Or, you know, these are, I'm getting a, off track a little bit with speculating why. Part of it is just men have been able to promote themselves and give themselves more opportunities historically. I recognize all of that. But Bill Burr's point is a valid one. Like, this league has been around for more than a decade now. It's being subsidized by a men's league. They gave them the league, and women just haven't rallied. What are? I don't know that I understand what your point is. You're saying women's sports are less followed than men's. They, yeah, they're just not uh, they're of not of enough consequence for this social issue to make a big impact in the sports world. So you don't think anything will come of this? You know, it's a it's it's good content for like generating debate and media noise, but in terms of like 
the leagues that everyone's watching, the world of sport, like that's not going to be disrupted because we're not going to have, or there doesn't seem to be at least yet, any cases of a woman transitioning into the men's arena. So if it were women's gymnastics or something else that maybe is a little more followed than swimming, people care about some of those women gymnasts. Mm-hmm. And if a man Go on. transitioned and became a woman, are you saying then it might have more of an impact if it was a sport that was that people were really passionate about and like Well, it's not even just passion. What I'm talking about is like the business, the power represented and the social impact and reach and influence of a mm-hmm. of an institution like the NFL. You can't compare any female league to that. I mean, right. nothing even approaches it. Nothing's close. And I don't know why necessarily that is, but if, if that were disrupted, then we'd have a real conversation on our hands, I feel like, or something would need to be done. But I feel like we're already having that conversation, though, at this, uh, in this level. At this level, people are upset. Athletes are upset. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's a conversation that's out there in the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. anyway, and it is. It's of course it's not at the NFL level. Nothing's as big as the NFL, except the government. Maybe. I'm gonna have to use the phrase. We've got to take a look at the transgender movement. Writ large. Writ large. Is that Latin? In in air quotes. Uh, do your homework, Adams. Uh, said movement. That's a it's a tricky thing to talk about, uh, but how can you how can you hide from it or deny it? Uh, said movement got Dave Chappelle uh, kicked out of First Avenue in Minneapolis a couple nights ago, and moved to a different venue. Now, how did that come about? Were there people outside with signs and chanting? Was it a few tweets? It was people was within it just the organization. The what what happened there? I heard there were people within the organization that were, you know, there the were organization complaints within First Avenue staff and okay uh, in the building, okay in the building and okay. probably outside of it too. So pressure from multiple different directions, and they made the decision they made. Which, yeah, I'm sure you, you know would see and and use a term of Jordan Peterson's cowardly. Well, but I have to to properly address what's going on with Leah Thomas. You can't do that without looking at the movement writ large. What is it? Who who is the movement? Does it exist only on social media and in the corridors. This, the controversy over Leah Thomas seems perfectly suited to the world of, boy, what I would call the intelligentsia. That's an old that's an old fashioned term, but we all we all know what that means. Though, Are you right? about to go on a little bit of an anti intellectual? Well, uh, you have screed. Universities, national media, 
and to a point social media, which is far from elite, but it has a certain effect on things, right? Sure. That's, that's where things get fought out now. Uh, when it first broke that a male Penn Quaker swimmer was going to compete as a woman, it made some waves, and it struck me that if this is going to happen, where else, where else could it happen except in the world of a university? Where, and, in, and in swimming, let's say. Not exactly a huge revenue sport, not getting a lot of TV ratings, but this intelligentsia that I broadly speak of naturally gets behind it 10,000%. And the movement, the transgender movement, if you, you got to use words to define things, uh, immediately on board with this. And anybody who's not down is some sort of bigot. And that, of course, we all, you know that rubs me the wrong way. That I'm not some sort of, for questioning this, this, she, Leah Thomas is a good example of all this. She's the, the, the epicenter of this. Um, and it's gone on, as long as Leah Thomas has competed, there's been controversy. And whenever somebody speaks up and says, Leah Thomas is a foot taller and was a, is a man. Was a man. You're, you're some sort of, you're a bigot. And I talked, I, and I, I, well, I'll just say it. In this world of intelligentsia, of national media and the university world where we have, you know, it's trite now, but safe spaces and, and things like that. Uber, uber liberal. Lu- uber the, liberal. The, the liberal. Uber progressive. The liberal vanguard. And I would call this the intelligentsia. That it was the perfect place to sort of debut this and take it to its to its to its highest limits. And it was a place where it's going to sound like conspiracy. Dan is in here too, but did they just expect all the female swimmers to get on board with this and love it? Did they expect to? all the other female swimmers to be excited to come in second to this behemoth of a swimmer? Did they expect everyone to just love that? And that no swimmer who worked her whole fucking life through junior high, high school, and into college and made it to collegiate swimming is going to get beat by this guy? And you're going to like it? And you're going to get on... After the, the... the, the, uh, the, the meet after the swim meet you're supposed to get on Instagram and Twitter and say like got my fucking ass kicked by Leah Thomas today so proud what a what a trailblazer I, 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 no no mm-hmm. and that's that's where I have to question to what end? I have said a number of times on this on these airwaves, listeners, 
And in that, in the transpod we did, when you wrote your essay, and we reacted with great fervor mm -hmm. at all the doors that it opened and all of the questions that have to be asked in all this. This is a good one. I'm wondering, going back to that, I thought we had this licked in the 90s. The MTV generation did not give a shit if you were gay or straight mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call yourself. Boy George. Even before there was an LGBTQ phrase. This was no one all cared. the way back. Yeah. And I cared in rural places. And I still wonder. Oh, they good still point. care in some places, but carry on. And I still wonder why can't we just have men and women and this on the graph, if you, the bar, uh, not the bar graph, the bell curve. Mm hmm. And why can't we just have a portion of the bell curve that's men of varying degrees of femininity and women of varying degrees of masculinity? And we just are. And it doesn't have to be called anything. I would be... Any human being walking down the street, guy in a dress, woman in... Uh, uh, overalls. Shit-kicking boots and overalls. You're all the same to me. I don't give a fuck what you are. I don't care. I mean you no harm. You don't care in a loving way, though. So then how do you care? I'm, I'm completely indifferent to how you want to be. And I was taught that by MTV, goddammit. How do you categorize? I'm proud of that. How do you categorize for sports, then? That you got to have male bodies compete against male bodies and female bodies compete against female bodies. If we figured someone, that out a very, very long time ago. But if someone gets their dick removed and yep. and all that junk gone, and then they take hormones, so they have breasts, yep. and it reduces their testosterone, and it does all the things to transition them into womanhood, or let's say they go to that place, okay. they're more in a woman's body than a man's yep. at that point. Yep. Do they swim for the women, for the females? Is it less egregious? The answer is depends just like surveying the answer is well, it depends part of me i too. would answer that with my own question of how many of these people are there i don't know but think about the college board though and do we have to turn entire systems over what were their choices one or two people what were their choices their choice was here because we're in the boardroom now and they're like yes. shit what the fuck are we gonna do we want to support her. Wait a minute. She's what boardroom are we in? The people deciding who she's going to compete with. The NCAA offices. You know, before because that, she's, before that, there had to have been a conversation in that coaching staff. Because she, right? the like, coaches accepted her immediately, and they warned everyone. She's with the men's team now. She's transitioning. She's yeah. going to compete with the women next year, or something to that effect. Or did they know that if they said something, they'd get destroyed and lose their jobs That's and be saying. smeared as bigots? I don't think that the university or the NCAA had much of a choice in this matter. If Leah, if she wanted to compete as a woman, the only choice they had was to say no. And what would that do to their university mm -hmm. if they said no? Because what's Twitter going to say? What would and what's the movement gonna say? Right, we know what they would do. Right. Well, it, then it also, also, you would probably have, you know, not probably, you would have a revolting staff on your hands, right? You'd be mm -hmm. quelling 
uprisings from every department and department head yeah. and the academic community is an interconnected thing. So if you denied yeah. her yes, choice. Yes, okay. I yeah, don't know if uh, they could have made a different choice than the one they did. Yeah. But now they're stuck with it. I feel like there's good. <laughs> I feel like there's it's good that athletes are speaking up. Like Michael Phelps said something to the effect of, I believe that there should be an equal playing field. Like, doesn't elaborate, but it's clear he's in Martina Navratilova's camp of like, this is not, it's not fair. But I feel like it's the public sentiment. It's half the parents anonymously saying, this is not right. Mm -hmm. It's three quarters of the swimmers or whatever anonymously saying, I don't think she should be competing with other women. It's like those voices are really important right now because the, the college, their hands are tied. I don't really know. It feels like we're watching an experiment play out a little bit too, right? Like this is all so new. Yeah. Maybe people just didn't have a plan for it. You know, they had a couple of years, I think, but, it makes you wonder though because it seems so messy and mm. unresolved yet and we're just like well you know we're not quite sh- we do we don't we never had a period it seems like or there's not a period to adjust and make a sort of measured thoughtful response to something that's just fucking happening and your options are really limited anyway before you even have a chance to deliberate so and it's gonna be it's gonna take some take some time i don't we, know how much we time. touched on that in the the transpod mm-hmm. that things have operated a certain way for yeah. several thousand years don't want to get too far out of my depth too late <laughs> uh, things have worked this way for several thousand years. Mm-hmm. And a minute ago, somebody decided that uh, that a person can decide they're a different gender and then swim with the women. And if we don't like it, we're bigots. That I keep coming back to that because what did you think was going to happen? Things have operated a certain way for several thousand years. Mm-hmm. You flip it upside down. And expect everybody, that's where I get entangled in the movement, hmm. the intelligentsia. To what end? Why is it so important that Leah Thomas gets to swim against physically inferior competition? And if we don't like that, there's something wrong with us. Why is that so uniformly enforced? This, to what end? What is the point of all this? This is a little uh, overused term, I suppose, but it feels like being gaslit on a certain level where we're supposed to we're supposed to say, you know what? It's the we're this is the fair thing to do. This is how we really demonstrate and prove that we. You know, we 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 don't deny opportunities to people, and we're inclusive. And it's uh, still yeah, fair to whom is always the question. Did I use that properly? 
perhaps. Wow. Maybe. Gold star. Good whom. Nice work. Good whom. And fair to whom? Not the female swimmers. Not them. Not the women that yeah. aren't trans. It, 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 it feels like an either or. I understand what you're saying. It's to, to what end? What's the end result of this? What are you even aiming for? What's are we trying to deconstruct sports? Okay. What is that what you're asking? Like what what are we aiming for? Every in our pocket of Madison, trans rights are just human rights. There's a every you can't th- swing a cat around with hitting Good a one. trans person or like gay or lesbian or people living with three lovers or like poly this and whatever who cares no one cares it's madison mm-hmm. but i think andy was saying in some pockets mm-hmm. this is outrageously like mm-hmm. probably religiously mm-hmm. offensive in so many ways just mm-hmm. against america and what we stand for here and you know the one question that yeah. i w- there's lots of places one <laughs> that didn't get the memo and didn't just decide oh well uh i heard on tv this morning that i need to accept this i'm going to completely reorder my value structure mm. because that's what i was told on we go mm. Th- is that how it works is that how humanity works or is that how it's supposed to work now? Is whatever you find out on Twitter today, you have to reorder your complete moral and ethical code and everything you've ever learned and believed and been taught, whether you're from Casper, Wyoming, or Baltimore, Maryland, or L.A. or Chicago, or Merrimack, Wisconsin, or and if you don't, there's no place for you in this culture, you bigoted asshole. It's the attack. I, yeah, it's it's that it's in a, I just, it, I, I, it feels like it's on the offense, and it's like, uh, I, that's my problem too. Is I went on Reddit for a little bit to read about some of the comments that were happening about this, just to see what mm-hmm. people thought, and the people who were trans supporters were essentially saying, God damn those people who say they're trans supporters, but are against Leah swimming. Like you, it's all or nothing. You're either supporting us or you're not. And that I do take issue with because I feel like it's nuanced. You can support a person Mm -hmm. for, claiming their identity and finally living the life that they want. That's wonderful. I want that for everybody. But I also don't feel like the physiological advantages are should be ignored. No, and I think it's a matter of personal integrity on some level. Like I wonder with this Leah Thompson, is it? Thomas. Thomas. If she did have to choose between just being able to identify as a woman and giving up swimming or just not swimming competitively would that be satisfactory and would that be enough and that in that sense she would disprove that 
she's just making this claim to gain some sort of athletic competition. I'm not saying people shouldn't be able to compete who are trans, but to not acknowledge that you're seeking fairness, but you're imposing an unfairness on others in your pursuit. It comes at a cost, for sure. Yeah, and there's a, you know, this sounds like harsh language and, and a selfish sort of assertion of me. I must be seen as the way I see myself, me, and fuck all these other women and competitors who have to swim against my man body. I'm I'm Googling here to find out about Leah Thomas and Google says what was Leah Thomas birth name Leah Catherine Thomas Leah Catherine Thomas is an American swimmer in 2017 she began studying at the University of Pennsylvania so like true to form you can't I mean, I'm sure I could d- dig deep enough and find out what his name was before he changed genders. What, what about, but we'll stick with Leah Thomas. What about Leah Thomas's life after college swimming? Your, maybe coach. What, what word is there for this other than what, what, what she'll be after all this, but somewhat notorious. You're the, you're the guy that changed genders and swam against women. Like, is she's not a guy anymore. It Andy. just started. But this, this is all being, just started. What about 20 years from now? You're saying there might be a perceived stink around this person, but, you know, she's the narrative is, and many people must believe it in order for it to be so widely publicized that she's, mm-hmm. she's a pioneer doing a brave thing for opening herself up to that. I, that Crit- I yes I get Crit- that criticism. I get that angle yes, and you know whether or not it's a brave thing to follow through with something that you know will be controversial and stand your ground, like I guess I can respect that on some level, but it's the whole blindness to your own physiological advantages, and 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 this gaslighting that is happening sorry again for the overuse of the word but that we're all supposed to not acknowledge the truth about those physiological differences and that the line between the psychological and the physical is not there because sports sports, when it so clearly is sports have always drawn the line in the physical realm Men, or male v. female. In the same way that there are weight divisions in boxing. That's how sports is. So it almost feels like it's bleeding into, we're going to recategorize sports in a different way based on um, your gender identity, which is not the way you can work in the sports arena, right? It's a physical... The most tragic thing about this, too, it's like you're saying, women's sports are struggling enough anyway. They don't need, you know. You're the one who said, this is happening in a place where no one's paying any attention to it. Right. So. Right. They're not paying attention <laughs> to it. And then just in general, like 
women are the suppressed minority historically, right? So now... That really pisses me off. It's hard to not generalize because I do want equal rights for everybody. I do want people to be exactly who they feel they are. I want it for everyone. But that was something I really struggled with when I was trying to sort this out in my mind of um, the impact. And what we said was the impact of women fighting for their rights at a time when slaves were fighting for their rights of like, hey, by the way, our needs are greater right now. And right. so and it's I, echoed again in the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. All lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter. That was Yes, yeah. and slave slave lives at the time mattered more than women's rights. How do you choose? It's impossible. But at but first free the slaves. Like it's impossible to choose, but first these Stop separating people. families and <laughs> yeah. the, all of that all of that first. Yeah. Right. So I feel like for trans for the trans movement to garner my full a thousand percent respect and support, I feel like they have to acknowledge what they're doing to women's rights. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't know. I don't feel that. I feel like (sighs) you're supposed to do what a good woman does. And that is thank you for taking the crosshairs off of me for just a moment. I'm sorry. I don't, but Mm. it doesn't mean I don't want them to have equal rights. I want them to have perspective. I want them to have a nuanced look at who they are impacting. Is it whom again? <gasps> whom they are impacting? Whom knows? Back to no. back whom. So oh my God. Whom Double knows? Whom. Yeah. <laughs> Whomever knows. Use of the word whom. <laughs> right in. Large. Um, whom can tell? Does, but that doesn't make me a bigoted person who hates trans people. That's not what I'm. I know you no, fairly well. It feels well. like. It feels like on some level you're just asking, like, can we be honest about this? You know, is the emperor wearing clothes? Are there physiological differences? Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to mm-hmm. state the obvious? Right. And and the defensiveness and the pushback against that kind of just blatant observation. That's... Uh, you know, maybe a byproduct of the fact of how new this is, too. I keep coming back to that. But, like, when you're asserting your position at first, you know, it's like you got to maybe the exuberance of it. And, like, you've been it's been pent up for so long that you just need to go full blast and you can't handle nuance early on to, to cut through the prejudice and whatever else. You got to fucking go hard. Mm hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to imagine a woman transitioning to a man who wanted to play on like a men's rugby team. Mm -hmm. I feel like they'd be like, come aboard. You want to do this with a bunch of other crazy fucking men? Come on in. Hmm. Like, I don't, I feel like there are some arenas where maybe it matters less, especially if, it meant you'd be at the disadvantage. Do you think there could ever be a co-ed professional league of anything? Sure. Ultimate Frisbee. Badminton. 
Have you ever seen people play Ultimate Frisbee? They are very, very good. Yeah. It's a little intense. You, are you talking about their Frisbee skills? <laughs> yeah. And their speed. Yeah. Uh, that's off topic, though. Go ahead, Dan. Well, we're opening some good doors here. Mm-hmm. And I continue to question the movement writ large. To what end? Mm-hmm. And something that bubbled up this week or so, a uh, couple, or maybe a couple weeks ago, uh, the Biden administration. So here's where it gets. Now we're now it's got to get political a little bit. Okay. The Biden administration. Let's go, Brandon. Sent two uh, representatives to France for a Bastille Day uh, celebration. Okay. And it was two trans women. Okay. And one of them is the Deputy Secretary of Health and Human Services, Admiral Levine, Dr. Rachel Levine, formerly... Formerly... (laughs) Not Adam (laughs) Levine or Avril Levine, but... Admiral. Adam Levine and Avril Levine went to represent the United States. What? Uh, and then uh, Dr. Levine's companion was recently hired DOE, Department of Energy. Exorcism. DOE. Uh, Sam Brinton celebrated Bastille Day at the French ambassador's residence. Sam Brinton is a non-binary drag queen into kink with they, them pronouns. Wait, this, who was, who was this person? Wait, a non. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Why does that? I mean, you're ha- a bigot. Let's get that no, no, straight. No, no, no. You're a bigot. I for don't asking. understand why that would be in the description. Into kink? It'd be like saying Joe Biden, president, cisgender into females who wear high heels and well, smelling hair. That's. <laughs> That's who was dispatched why, why, by why is that in the, description? the administration to be at this celebration of uh, Bastille Day. And we're we're sending a message to the world. Look at how tolerant we are. Okay. That you've heard the you've heard the term virtue signaling. Sure, that's a statement for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that. Whatever. I don't care. Who cares about that? It's not a swimming pool. But. It, I guess I would like this. There's water involved. It's kind of like I said the other night about the uh, MLB All Star Game was on the other night. Oh. And in the seventh inning stretch, when the uh, L.A. High School for the Arts uh, swing swing choir came out on the field, um, before they really said anything, I was just like, "Oh, they're going to sing a song about trans stuff." Uh huh. Because it just is. We have to think about it all the time. We have to celebrate it all the time. It has to be everywhere in uh, on, on broad platforms. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked and found it quaint that they were singing uh, uh, the, the charity was Stand Up to Cancer. Cancer, yeah. And everyone in the stands, they put a, a placard under everybody's seat and you could write in the name of, you know, some cancer victim in your life. Uh, and they... They panned over this. The group sang beautifully. 
and they panned all over the crowd and down on the field and everybody was holding a placard that said mom or my neighbor Jim or you know <coughs> whoever they know that's been touched by cancer and i just i actually like oh it's we're not it's not for trans issues tonight like mm-hmm. oh what a what a nice break <laughs> a nice break from having to be committed to the movement i just found it was quaint it was i I always thought those were those moments like on MLB. It's not quite as jarring because, as Carlin noted in his famous routine, it's a pastoral sport. Yeah. It's not as crazy or aggressive as we go home. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The gridiron. Right on. Right on. Uh, but um, when football has those moments or, you know, basketball does this too, where like the NBA cares. He's right. one of our stars handing out a meal in a shelter downtown. Very. <laughs> yes. And yes. And NFL, we're all wearing pink jerseys for cancer today. We've got a heart. Now go rip his fucking head off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of the, the mixed message of all of that is like, huh? What? It's a little bit like when the <laughs> when the vodka, you know, or the or the alcohol companies at the end of their ads are mm. like, drink responsibly. Right. Right. Oh, uh, wait a minute. You know. Do you get to tell me that? After the ad <laughs> where you're like making it rain and you're <laughs> or just giving me the poison, producing the yeah. poison. You're, yeah. you know, you can't profit off of alcoholism and then be like, hey, y'all, keep it under control. <laughs> and let's get it started in here. <laughs> Responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> so that. <laughs> I guess I could I could stammer and stutter all night long, I guess, about this is that so if you're, you know, not of this mindset, you could reasonably ask, well, you know, okay, so the assistant uh, chair, uh, assistant surgeon general or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Levine happens to be a trans woman. Well, that's great. But why couldn't it be, you know, why does it have to be so prominent? And now I'm, I'm kind of asking, we were talking about areas of the culture who aren't completely down with this. Yeah. They see this, and I think we all know people from, you know, what, the other side of the tracks or, you know, whatever you want to say, who are like, why does this have to be everywhere all the time? It's because they're trying to send and a it, message. This is mainstream now. And it feels like an you assault are shoving on my this values. down my throat. Well, I understand why I think. Well, govern speaking from a political point of view, they're going to try to do this to get votes. That's number one. They want to get more people on board. That's what it's all about. But to give the message this is mainstream, It's it's the same reason why Netflix was pushing um when the 10 minutes that um asian american rights were at the top of the radar and right. netflix was pushing that as like suggested picks mm-hmm. it was all um to try to give this message we are in support we are for it we include mm-hmm. everyone but to me it feels phony and weird you know i listened to a netflix comic uh gay asian dude up and comer Mm -hmm. and and uh 
in the interview, they were asking him just kind of about, you know, how he's handling his his success, you know, Mm -hmm. being featured like this. And he said, you know, it's great. However, I think I'll I think the question was like, did you know that you made it at a certain point or like, how does it feel now that you've made it? And he said, you know, I think I'd feel like I've made it more if my stuff was blowing up and it wasn't June or and it gay wasn't pride what? month, you know, oh. or it didn't coincide with hmm. that spotlight and opportunity for Netflix to improve their optics to the world by demonstrating mm-hmm. we are a platform that supports these artists. And, and I, I didn't in fairness, like watch much of it, but, and I'm no final word on what's funny or what's not funny, but like, that's what talk about the purity of something too. Like sport, like, like sport people laugh or they don't. Mm-hmm. Comedy is fucking brutal, and it's nice that you got propped up because you're a minority, and we're trying to include all voices. But if you want your stuff to blow up when it's not June, you'd better work on your craft. Ah, interesting. You know, um, or, or like, just exactly a lot like sports, yeah. just like sports in that way. I feel like I understand you sound well almost maybe not outraged. But similar. You do, Dan, a little mm. bit sound it feels to me like to take the the metaphor again of like it's sort of like we live in the north. We don't live in a place where let's say anyone is um overtly in favor of oppression. We're all doing our best to try to mm-hmm. put those days to rest by supporting equality in how whatever that looks like individually to us. Maybe it's donating to certain companies. Maybe it's volunteering here or there. Maybe it's voting for the right people or whatever. But among us, because there's no distinction, there's no like geographical boundary anymore, we're living with among slave owners among the south um, i mean to take this metaphor we're living among them and we're constantly getting this message of um oppression rights being violated stop this now equal rights for all and it sounds like you're going yeah i know i, I get it I-, I already did that like i'm i'm for it why you keep hounding me? Why do we have to keep hearing about this? We're already there. Is that right? Like, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like, <laughs> like you did it. Uh, the last but just because you're there doesn't mean everybody's there. At the last session when we talked about climate, uh-huh. I'm so tired of being scolded. Yeah. About it, and I. It's hard to. You love it. Hard to explain. There's a part of you that loves it, though. Being scolded? Well, so that I can rise up. Just exactly. So you can be like, fuck yourself. How about that? Well, yeah. I'm like that. Huh. Uh, it, it, well, like you said about an Asian comedian, a gay Asian comedian on Netflix, and said, well, it's nice, but it'd be nice if it wasn't during 
Pride Month, you know, that I was featured or what what was how did that go? Well, to me, what I was hearing him say was like this doesn't mean that I'm like this doesn't mean that I'm all of a sudden as funny as or as accomplished as Ricky Gervais mm. or somebody else who's like, you know, proven themselves in a number of different shows, stand up specials, mm-hmm. and has his body of work or whatever that just speaks for itself. Yeah, he wasn't biting the hand that fed him, but he was at least acknowledging the foot up that he was being given here. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason you're talking to me is because I'm a gay and performer, not just because I'm a really good writer or performer. And uh, you said it well earlier, I thought, when you were like, I want the trans community to acknowledge our struggle before you can just kind of invite yourself into our community you have to have some respect for and perspective on what we've been through and it involves a lot of oppression and bullshit and it kind of feels right now like you're adding to it (laughs) the macy gray thing a couple weeks ago where she went on some british show maybe piers morgan or something didn't see it and said just because you decide you're a woman doesn't make you a woman oh she said that and then within 24 hours she was on the today show saying sorry all trans people are heroes and she was reading the she was reading the script but her first quote Uh, was very want to work again macy's script her her first comments though that started the whole thing were very simple natural (laughs) and honest and i should google it but i've got something else up on my google screen right now Mm. But she just said Dan that, needs like, multiple Google screens. It, it does. just doesn't give you headquarters. The how many? The authority to consider yourself a woman because you just decided you are. And then see my difference. We'll be, have to Google that I don't to figure think it's out what a she decision. really said. I don't think it's a decision. I don't think it. Ninety nine percent aren't choosing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just who they are. But I feel like I. She sounds like in J.K. Rowling's camp of like we. The word "woman" there you go, yeah, means JK. different things to different people. To people in my generation, it means something different. To people in my mother's generation, it means something different mm-hmm. to her than it does to me than it does to someone who's eighteen, mm-hmm. and without any history lesson, they don't have the context of what it means. What "woman" in quotes means. And menstruator just won't catch on. <laughs> menstruator does. It doesn't roll still, off. The, oh, I want to throw up when I <laughs> when I say it. Menstruator. And that that touches. Okay, that uh, on the Senate floor there was a, a, a Berkeley law professor being questioned about something. I mm-hmm. forget what, but it went viral because this white senator. So like, well, uh, uh, people capable of giving birth. Are, are you referring to women? <laughs> and she, she rolls her eyes and gets all flummoxed and, and all indignant and saying, yes, some cis women are able to get pregnant, but also are trans women and all, and all down the line. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, do you believe a man can get pregnant? Or I, I find your line of questioning homophobic, uh, transphobic. Whether a man can get pregnant? And she said, do you believe a man can get pregnant? He said, well, no. And she said, well, there you go. Like, you're proving my point that you're transphobic. And I look at that and go, well, then we can never have a discussion again. Because 
all we're ever going to do is talk about which terms are right. And they can change at any time. And if you sitting in that chair accuse someone of being transphobic, that's game over. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what they say anymore. They're transphobic. Right. And that's they can cancel- be canceling. It's can- swept off the stage. And what that person's point might have been doesn't matter. And then I just extract that out and say, well, we can't talk about anything anymore. Because mm. the whole meeting is going to be about what to call each other. And then after that three hours, we gavel <laughs> and break for lunch. And what did we talk about? What did mm-hmm. we accomplish? That's the thing that, yeah, the that you can, ch- interesting point about how you can change the terms. And, and, and as the terms continue to change, like after puberty, after a certain point, what you can't change is the physiology. Right? Well, That's, you can. You can have some surgical modifications and you can do hormone treatment but like the idea that leah thomas is it got it uh leah thomas's body had the opportunity to develop into man body is what i keep calling it Uh uh-huh and 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 provided her with these physiological advantages you know to i know that you know, if anybody listened to this really or we had sponsors, they'd probably leave us. That's why we don't have sponsors. Because of my bigoted mouth. And we've never tried. No, it's yeah. it's because we can say whatever uh, we want. Reasons. That's interesting, isn't it? That's that's a that's a good point. Freedom sometimes means not uh allowing, you know, being beholden to you know, whoever it is and Dan was making the point that the academic community, I'm not anti-intellectual necessarily. Like what we're doing tonight is intellectual discourse. I don't see a big difference between that and what happens. And, you know, there's there's research and discipline. They probably have a fact checker and people who can give them history. More than Wikipedia. Context. More yeah. than Wikipedia. Be- before <laughs> I can team. Do, before I, speaking of Wikipedia, Maybe. before I can do any Maybe. more Googling... I have to lay on you who know. this... We are pretty well wicked. <laughs> I need to lay it down who this Samuel... Sam Brinton is. Who's who Sam was Brinton? with Admiral Levine on the trip to France for the Bastille Day celebration. Sam Brinton is an American nuclear engineer and LGBTQ activist appointed to be the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition. So DOE was Department of Energy. In January of... 2022. As of 2019, Brinton was the head of advocacy and government affairs for the nonprofit LGBTQ youth suicide prevention organization, The Trevor Project, identifying, I've heard of that, identifying as gender fluid. Brinton uses they and them pronouns. And then all that stuff about the drag queen and stuff, that's uh, his, her, that's Sam's, that's safe? That's Sam's uh, interests and hobbies, so I guess. But by day, a nuclear nuclear Physicist, engineer, engineer who is got on is on the de- is in the Department of Energy somewhere. Maybe this is a assistant. Uh, the deputy, the deputy assistant secretary of spent fuel and waste disposition in the office of nuclear energy. It's hard someone, to fit on a business. That's a long card. title. Yeah, it doesn't fit on a card. Someone. No. Someone who has <laughs> no. a scientific discipline like that and studies like the laws of nature. And it's a little bit like uh, related to people who can be religious and 
do scientific research at the same time, maybe like even mm -hmm. for a living, you wonder how a person carries that paradox or the tension between like, oh, the terminology is fluid. This is changing. We can't really collect data on it. You're just going to take my word for it for now. Or, you know, whatever's happening in the gender conversation right now versus, you know, the nuclear physics that this person and the the mathematics that this person is studying as part of their academic discipline, big part of their identity, you would think, right? Defines them to a large degree. Like they're very precise. They have to be very precise most of the time. But when it comes to their identity and gender, well... Well, they're trying to be precise with defining all the different nuances of gender identity with language. They're trying to they're trying to label and distinguish categories. Of yeah. The difference between gender identity and sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. All the various categories on each spectrum. They're trying. This is a relatively new branch of I guess it probably falls within sociology. Is it's but it's a massive education happening in real time. And the bitterness and resentment being sprinkled on everyone because <laughs> we can't keep up is mm -hmm. tough, which we've talked about before. But here's what Macy Gray said, and I won't torture you with my Macy Gray impression. <laughs> I try to say goodbye and I choke. Do you want to read this? Hey. You sound a lot more like her. Can I you can you sure. do that but with a British accent? Walk away not singing. I, stumble. I will say this and everybody's gonna hate me. <laughs> but as a woman, just because you go change your parts doesn't make you a woman. Sorry. <laughs> So there it is. Good job. Good it job. It was like we that was way thank better you for coming into the studio, Macy. <laughs> I know you're busy. Yeah, thanks. Wow, especially in this troubled time for you. Thanks a lot. And keeping it going like that. That was way better than I could have I done. had to cancel my Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what she said. And that started all the business. And then she was on the Today Show. And they said, well, is there anything you'd like to say to clear this up? And she said, all trans people are heroes. All trans people are heroes. <laughs> and words to that effect. Uh, it, it, it just, guys, we, this stuff doesn't end. We can't put a cap on this. This fire hose. We're trying to drink out of a fire hose here. Uh, the Maybe. What if it's a And of course, I get very political. You know, I get it. It always gets political for me. Have you ever read a prayer for Owen Meany? Uh, I've heard of it. Okay. Have you? I went to college. Have you ever read a prayer for Owen Meany? Okay. So Owen Meany is a character that, um, for unknown reasons at the time, he and his best friend practice what they call the shot, which is basically an elaborate, like basketball dunk. And he was undersized. He was like super short, kind of had some challenges physically. And for the part of the point of the book is they they practice this shot over and over and over again. But maybe because it was fun, maybe because they didn't have anything else to do, but it felt important. And they just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. 
And at the end of the book, spoiler alert, there's a dangerous situation. Only Owen Meany can save it, save the um, people from harm. I think it involves an explosive of some kind. And in order to save them, he needs to do the shot with this explosive. Oh. And it all kind of comes full circle. There wasn't a reason why it was happening at the time, why they were practicing this shot. But it makes sense at the end of the book. And even they didn't know why they were doing it until life presented them with this opportunity where it all made sense. So when I think of the trans movement and you're like, why? (laughs) That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, I wonder if there's some ultimate reason for all of this. That has not been revealed yet. That has not yet been revealed Mm. where they're going to play some really important part in some kind of forward human progress. But right now it just feels like, why? Why is this so important right now? And why is it a headline every day? Why? Why is it? Why? Why? Is it this important every single day? Forever? That is human nature. Maybe it has yet to be revealed. I do get the side where... Does they do it that way? Leah Thomas is a... Give us the other side. Brave. A pioneer or... Almost a martyr. What's the word? You used a better phrase. I think you know what I mean. That she's a symbol. She's a, 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 a the first one, you know, to take the hit. She's she's mm-hmm. gonna take all this criticism and yeah, maybe that's the word. Did you first say one murder? through the breach takes I, the bullets. I get that. <laughs> I get that side, and I get the uh, for tolerance' sake, you know, to for lack of a better word, normalize this, you know, for everyone, because uh, not everyone is so is so down with the cause, is so tolerant. Um, I get all that. But, but yeah, every day. It's a headline every day. It's news every single day. And anyone who disagrees is, is out in the cornfield, is, is wished out into the cornfield. Uh, I just, well, it's, it's puzzling. It's, it's controversial. It's juicy. It's, yes. It's, you know, more titillating. <laughs> to use a word, yeah. uh, than the climate crisis or things that probably should be, we should be keeping a closer eye on. Let's not go down that road again. Well, unless you want to. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to, but I'm just saying we all agree that there the are The trans things, climate crisis. You know, what we really have not restated enough here in all of this is that Ben Affleck and J-Lo got married again. <laughs> J Lo. They spot me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your end. Different scandal flow for one tap and door bobbing here. Very signal coming back on the same map for Rick frequency wavelength. How's reception connection? Don't flip the dial, this your performance. Here's commercial free. Here's commercial free. For sale up here is me and my seat. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, what I need to do to pull up on and click. Point, click, flip around, fold it more. Appreciation from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect 
And what if what they say is true? Less is more. More is what I'm doing.